give are the story of Esau. But like so many other times, if we don't see Christ in something, you've lost it all. If you go read those requirements of a bishop, and you think that's something you got to do, and you don't see Christ in that, that's proof you ought not be a bishop. <laughs> that's Christ. He's our high, our high priest. He's our bishop of our souls. If we see this just as a story, what to do, what not to do, and, and if, you, if you do bad, you're going to get chastened. That's so. Uh, the Lord chastens those that He loves. His children will be chastened. Sin is not okay. To deceive is not okay. But Esau here, we saw last time there in Genesis 25, verse 34, Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. There's about to be a blessing from the father, from Isaac, his eldest son Esau. And this birthright that no one's mentioned since, Probably family secret. Maybe only him and Jacob. <laughs> he despised that birthright. He despised what's about to happen. Well, we know the story. Rebecca teaches Jacob what to do. And Jacob goes in and receives the blessing. Lives up to his name. Deceiver. Supplanter. Doesn't he? But there was consequences. This is going to be a picture of Christ. This is a picture of how God saves sinners. If it ain't that, you don't need to be hearing it. Go, go get you a football ticket or something. Go to a concert. It'll be better for you. But for his children, there's a lesson. Esau hated Jacob. He's going to kill him. He said, the day that my father's buried, as soon as we're through mourning, I'm going to kill him. And Rebecca heard that. and She said, my son, run. Go away. He said, go to where my brother is. You go up there and live with Laban and my brother to Haran. And tarry there a few days until... So Esau calms down. We read over in Genesis 31 that Jacob stayed there 20 years. He said, I've been with you 20 years. Come on. <laughs> that was the last time Rebecca saw him. She was a picture of the Holy Ghost in this, how God saved sinners. But physically, in this world, what she did is wrong. God chastened her. It was the last she saw of her son. There's a lot to learn here for us, but Believers who deceive, that's without excuse. Believers who sin, you're without excuse. We know that. It's not excusing sin. We don't sin more that grace may abound. But if we miss the grace, you ain't got nothing. So let's look at the gospel picture here. Throughout the scriptures, there's types and anti-types. Adam stood as a type of Christ. And he fell. <laughs> Man thinks they're so holy. We're just going to claim, oh, well, you've got to start living right. Adam was morally innocent and had one thing to do. Don't eat at that tree. What did he do? Went and ate the tree, didn't he? As our federal head. Our, he represented us, our seminal head. He represented us. He failed. He died in sin right then. That's why we died now. But he was a picture of Christ's representation. Christ was that second Adam that came. There's types and anti-types. Abraham was a picture of Christ. But you know what? He was a bad husband. Twice he gave his wife away. Isaac's a picture of Christ. He's a bad husband. He was a bad father. He preferred one child over the other. See where I get you? God's not a respecter of persons, is he? There was a time he was a type, and there was a time he's an anti-type. Jacob, this is the one that's loved, the one that's chosen of God. And what's his name? Deceiver. That's what he does. That's what he is, isn't it? 
What good can come from his family? You think about that? Here's Abraham, here's Isaac, and here's Jacob. Not good people. <laughs> They're sinners. They're sinners. There's a time they're at war with God. They have an old flesh. What good can come of that? This is how God saves sinners. I'm going to give you the characters real quick we're going to look at. Thank you a lot. we got the Father. That's Isaac. He represents our Heavenly Father. we got the firstborn son, Esau. This is Christ. Christ is the firstborn among many brethren. We have the Holy Ghost. That's Rebecca. She hears something, and she tells what she's heard. And we have that recipient of grace. Jacob, us who did not merit grace, who did not earn grace. We ain't nothing but liars and cheats and no good, count reckless heathens. And we received all the blessing because of another. That's the picture, that's the story. Well, here we look at the Father. All blessings come from the Father. Isaac was the Father. All blessings come from Him. Turn over to Ephesians 1. I'll have you turn just to one thing on each one of these characters we're looking at. And then we'll read our text. Ephesians chapter 1. Again, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame, before Him, in His presence, in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ, to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. He chose to bless us, chose to put us in Christ, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. How's Jacob going to be accepted? It's going to be in his older brethren. This cannot be unjust. Did you know that? The father is going to bless his children. But this can't be through deceit. This can't be as if. Can't be. That's unjust. That's an unholy God. The Gnostics say, well, this is, it's only as if. Because they know better than God does. Doesn't it? This God requires a sacrifice. He put us in Christ. What does Isaac require? Savory meat. He requires a sacrifice. Blood's got to be shed. He requires the perfect work of his son to go out and get said sacrifice. He requires it. And you know what? He loves it. Isaac loved his firstborn. He loved Esau, didn't he? He loved the sacrifice he brought him. He loved the meat, the strong meat. Oh, it tasted so. He loved the smell of him. He loved the feel of him. He loved everything about that firstborn. He loved it. This father who put us in Christ loves the firstborn. But this ain't show. This ain't smoke and mirrors. This ain't pretend. This ain't as if. This ain't a figment of our imagination. It's real because blood's got to be shed. You can, get, you can get away with all that as if junk. Just get rid of the blood. <laughs> say it was a hologram. I don't know what to tell you. Nonsense. It? This is the father. Isaac represents the father. That blesses all. That requires a sacrifice to bless. Esau represents the firstborn. This is the rightful and lawful eldest child that's going to receive double the portion from the father that all the other ones get. 
He's the rightful heir. Esau is. He was the first one to come out of the womb. God says the first one that comes out of the womb. I don't care if it's a beast. I don't care if it's a cat. I don't care what it is. It's mine. If that's what the Father said, Esau's right to be the one that's blessed. But it's more than just a legality. Doctrine ain't going to save nobody. Christ's going to save somebody. You get that? It's not just a legality that this is the one that's rightfully so. It's the work of hunting. He said, you get your arrows. You get all the tools that you need to go out and make that sacrifice. Everything's required. And you go out and you labor. You're going to track that sacrifice down. You're going to work for it. You're going to do whatever it takes. Sweat, set the sun, set still, be diligent, be disciplined. And you're going to get that sacrifice. You're going to bring it back to me. And there's a result. What's the result of this? Not that the, the Esau's legalities of he's the, he's the firstborn, and we all know that. We learned that in seminary. Not the legalities that he went out and sacrificed and worked and got this, and he is the sacrifice. There's something else that goes with that. Those are facts. I can tell you all the facts about a Thanksgiving dinner, and your belly still be hungry. What happens? That son's to bring back this acceptable, bloody sacrifice. What's that mean? Is there another word for that? propitiation and that father is going to consume that he's going to take it all in and it's going to satisfy him savory savory meat meat that satisfies sacrifice that satisfies and he's going to pour out the blessing on the first one now Esau we were reading Hebrews he's profane he's profane you know what that means we think we just get so uppity on our high horses of religion. We think, oh, to take the Lord's name in vain. That's a curse word, isn't it? No. God tries. God wants. That's profanity. That's me cursing right now. Do you understand that? That's horrible. People that mean that. That's profane. Esau was profane. He took the things of God and made light of them. That's what we was talking about informal worship the other day. There's no such thing. We're in the presence of the holy God. What's informal about that? This is the king. Esau was profane in the flesh, but what did he represent? The firstborn. That's love. That brings a sacrifice. We're reading there in Romans 8. Go there. Romans 8, verse 28. This speaks of Christ. Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are be called according to His purpose. For whom he did foreknow, those he loved before, those he knew before and put them in Christ, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. He's going to make them just like him. Why? That he, Christ, might be the firstborn among many brethren. He's the firstborn. We read in Psalm 89, the Lord says, Also I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of heaven. My mercy will I keep with, with, for him forevermore. And my covenant shall stand fast with him. The covenant's made with the firstborn. His seed also will I make to endure forever. Those in him. And his throne as the days of heaven. His throne, the throne of this firstborn will be without end. There's no end to it. We see the father, Isaac. We see the firstborn, that's Christ. We see Rebecca, the wife. Knew the elder shall serve the younger. That's who God. That's what God told her, wouldn't it? And just like Sarah, she put her hand to it. She figured out a way to make this work. And God blesses us in spite of ourselves. 
She knew the elders want to serve the younger. She knew the Lord hated Esau and loved Jacob. She represents the Holy Spirit. The one that knows this covenant perfectly. We see through a glass dimly, don't we? These things are perfectly known with the Holy Spirit. Between the Father and the firstborn, the Spirit is sent of God to speak to us Jacobs. If you can do this on your own, the Spirit ain't there to talk to you. <laughs> the Spirit comes and speaks to those that are loved of God before. And the Spirit tells Jacob only to bring the meat that the firstborn can get and make and cook. You just bring that. You come to the Father only in the garments that smell like the sun. You come to the Father only in the covering that feels like the sun. And when you come with all this, don't you dare tell about your previous covenants. Well, I... I traded some lentils years ago, many, many years ago. I had lentils, and I gave them to my brother, and he gave me his brother. Hush. You say the words I tell you to say. But I, 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 no, you don't want to be you. <laughs> Trust me. You don't want to be you, or you'll be cursed. You can come in all that religion you played years ago, and you'll go to hell eternally. That's what the Spirit says. I'm just the redneck that looks you in the eye and says, knock it off. That's what he speaks to the heart of Turn over to John 15. John 15. Rebecca represents that Holy Spirit that speaks to us. John 15, 26. Our Lord speaking, He says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of Me. He's going to bear witness of Me. What did Rebecca say? You'll be like his brother. Be like your brother. Your firstborn brother. Man told me one time, said, you got the, I don't think you got the Holy Spirit down there at your church. That's what makes you think that. I didn't have any feelings. I said, we just sat and talked about Christ. If the Spirit's there, it's going to speak of Christ. Isn't it? It's going to witness of Christ. And we're going to bear witness of that. Look here at verse 27. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. This covenant has took place before time. <clears throat> We've been in Him for eternity. He's revealed Himself to us, and we just say what we've heard. Isn't it? Turn over to John 16. Just a page there, verse 7. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I not go away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. And when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Or reprove of sin. Because they believe not in on me. We're going to see that in a minute. Jacob's going to be reproved of sin. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. Those go hand in hand. And of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them. Now, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come... He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And we have Jacob, a sinner saved by grace, one who cannot come on his own. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 1. There's a whole lot I could turn to, and you know many of these things, but this was fresh and precious to me this week. Isaiah 1. We must be recipients of something that we did not merit or it wouldn't be grace. 
Our good works cannot make grace come. That's called a wage. And all the wage we earn is death. We're nothing but sin. It makes grace essential. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation. A people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, that have forsaken the Lord, that have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? Will you revolt more and more? The whole head is sick, and the whole heart fainteth. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores that have not been closed, neither bound up nor mollified with ointment. We're dead in sin. Dead in sin. Dead in sin. Let me ask you something. Is there degrees of deadness? Our dead sin nature thinks so. Well, I'm not as dead as them. <laughs> and they're deader than I am. There's, no, there's either life or there's death. There's either the truth or a lie. You get that? There's either saved or damned. There's either Christ or nothing. And we're dead in sin. That's what we are. We do sin because we are sin. It's our nature. And you know what? All of our iniquities, that's our good stuff that we do for Jesus. This mankind's got billboards all over the place and it's disgusting to me. And I, I read what I think and I do and I think, Lord, save me. That's the only cry I can have. All my iniquities, all the good things I think I do, Lord, save me. Keep me from myself. Read on. Look here in verse 9. Except the Lord of hosts had left us unto a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. If the Lord didn't make this covenant bless us, we all will die eternally. That's what we earn, and we'll willfully do it. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? What's the stuff you're bringing? This ain't what we were told to bring, saith the Lord. I am full of the burnt offerings of rams, and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks, or of lambs, or of he goats. When ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Who told you to do that? We do things, don't we? We got a bunch of religion, we have ceremonies and our forms, and this is what we say and when we say it. Who told you to do that? Did God tell you to do that? Bring no more vain oblations. That's the sacrifice of our mouth. Vanity. Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination to me. There's a whole bunch of people. I grew up a bunch of them. They got a little thing that looks like a bell they're swinging around. Incense. Incense is an abomination to me. Let's not get down on them yet. New moons and Sabbaths. Well, it's Christmas, Kevin. Ain't you going to bring a Christmas message? I'm going to bring a Christ message. If the Lord be with me. The calling of assemblies. Public meetings. We're going to have prayer meetings. We're going to get together and we're going to bend God's arm until He does what we want. We'll gang up on it. That's called a mutiny. It's not a prayer meeting. It's a mutiny. He says, the calling of assemblies. Let's all get together. So God says He hates it. I don't think that's right. I don't care what you think. And it don't matter what I think. I'm telling you what God says. The calling of assemblies. He said, I cannot away with. It's iniquity. 
Even the solemn meetings, even when we put on our best clothes and we ha and we speak in old Irish accents. He said, it's abomination. Your new moons and your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They are trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hand. Oh, they stick out their hands. We don't always say that. And people wave and aisles. Oh, they got the Holy Spirit. No, they don't. He said, put your hands down. We're the house of God. I will hide mine eyes from you. Does that make God hear you? Whenever you get your book and you hold your hands out over it and you, you pray over the book, He said, I'll hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear your hands are full of blood. I don't want to come to our church. I don't want to come to my church. I don't want to come to my worship. I don't want to go to your worship. I don't want to have my prayer or your prayer or somebody else's prayer. I don't want to have no assemblies. I want to have his. Where's that leave me? I'm the preacher. I'm the one holding the reins of this stagecoach, ain't I? That leaves me one thing. Cry out to God for mercy. God be gracious to us. Make us put away these dead grave clothes. Unwind us. We need to be unwound. That's what we looked at Wednesday night, didn't it? I'm so uptight. Lord, unwind me. Make me rest in your son. All right, Genesis 27. I'll go quick. I got five minutes. I can do it. No, I can't. <laughs> we'll try. The Father blesses. All blessings come from Him, but there's a requirement. It must be blood. The firstborn is right, the rightful heir, and the works that the firstborn does is all if they accepted. Rebecca, the Holy Spirit, is the one that speaks. And Jacob, sin. Nothing. 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 Genesis 27, verse 1. Knowing who these people represent, let's read the story again. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old, and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here I am. He said, Now behold, I am old. I know not the day of my death. He's about 140 years old when this happened. You know, he lived another 40 years. He did. He was old, wasn't he? Oh, now he was just a, a sinner. Saved by grace, Isaac was. This is the eternal father. And his chosen time, when he saw fit to make a covenant with the son. Now therefore, verse 3, I pray thee, <clears throat> now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy bow. Take the gospel message. <laughs> and go out into the field and take me some venison. And make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat and that my soul may bless thee before I die. That's the covenant made. Make yourself a lamb. He's the lamb. Isn't he? That's what God God required. God provides. Isn't he? he was like, he's the, the firstborn. The only one that could be. And it's the meat that he loved. Not somebody else's meat. This ain't stovetop. The son made it. Verse 5. When Rebecca heard Holy Ghost heard. It says it's going to speak to us things that he heard, wouldn't it? Rebecca heard when Isaac spake unto Esau his son, and Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and to bring it back. When he left, there was a comforter. And Rebecca spake to Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I heard. Thy father speak unto Esau thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. 
Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. You do exactly what I say. Don't you bring up them lentils. Don't you bring up them works of the past. Don't you bring up your little conniving things. You just hush and do what I tell you. <clears throat> now go to the flock and fetch me from thence two good kids, young, delicious kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, which such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. Now, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you what I heard. You go to the father, and the requirements of the firstborn. You're going to go in front of a holy God, and you go in Christ, the firstborn. Does that make you a little bit on the inside? Do you go, am I going in name only? Am I going in, because this is what mom and daddy did? Am I going, because this is what the preacher said? Am I going, or am I truly going in Christ? Does that make you nervous? Look here, there's conviction of sin and of righteousness. They go set together. Verse 11, And Jacob said unto Rebekah his mother, Behold, Esau my brother is a hairy man, and I'm smooth. I don't have the covering he had. I'm not like him. And my father peradventure will fill me. And I shall seem to him as a deceiver. And I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. I can't go in the presence of a holy God. I'm sin. I know what you're saying. But you know what I am? He's convicted of sin. And he's convicted his elder brother is the only one that's accepted of the father. How can we be convinced of judgment? How can we know that this work is done? There's the conviction of sin and righteousness. I'm not the elder brother. I'm me. I'm a deceiver. I can't be in the presence of the Father. He's holy. How do we know this work of judgment's done? Look here in verse 13. His mother said unto him, Upon me, upon the, the holiness and the glory of the triune God, be thy curse, my son. Curse is every man that hangs on a tree. Isn't it? It's all in the Lord's hand. What did he cry from a tree? It's finished. It's finished. Upon me, be the curse, my son. Only. What's up? What's left for us to do? If the Lord saved us. If He gives us all these things as covering and He's died for us, all the works has done. What are we to do? Well, now we've got to get real holy. Hogwash. That's self-righteousness. What are we to do? Obey my voice and go fetch them. Worship Him. What did the Lord tell us? What's, what's His new commandments? Uh, believe Christ, love the brethren. How are you going to do that? Well, you've got a new nature that does it instinctively. You can't keep from it. Quit believing on Christ. I can't. Quit loving the brethren. I can't. <laughs> I love them. Can't keep from it. Just obey my voice and go fetch them. What's faith? Go hand in hand with obedience, doesn't it? We believe and we follow. Look at verse 14. He went and fetched and brought them to his mother. And she made a savory meat such as his father loved, just as he requires. Intercession's been made, hasn't it? Everything we brought... It's been fixed and cooked the way that the Father accepts it. Right? All of our prayers, our vain oblations, it's been made just as the Father would accept it. And Rebecca took goodly raiment of her eldest son. Those clothes have been sitting in the house. It's in the house with her. And put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his hands and upon the smooth of his neck. Why'd she put both? You understand? Just grab my forearm, Daddy. <laughs> Isaiah 61 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul hath been joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me in the garments of salvation. We've been put on the garments of salvation, the sacrifice, the work of Christ. 
and hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. We have a life that He lived for me. For you. Both are necessary. Sin must be put away. We have to be saved from sin. And we have to have a holy life lived on this earth. And we have to have a holy nature that that holy life came from. Who's our wisdom? Christ is. What about our sanctification? Christ is. He's everything. He's everything. Verse 17. She gave the savory meat and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. We're going to be looking at the Psalms this morning. And David is speaking about lifting up his holy hands. And Paul wrote to Timothy about lifting up holy hands. Well, we just, just read in Isaiah, we don't need to be worried about our holy hands. What's our holy hands? That, that, that publican in the temple, did he lift up his hands? Scripture said he didn't so much lift up his eyes unto heaven. Didn't it? We, we have empty hands. Lord, I'm nothing. But what do we bring to the Father? A hand of bread. Christ the life. I'm the bread of life. That's what's necessary for life. Better. What's the other thing? Meat. Sacrifice. <laughs> Everything required. Both hands are full, isn't it? Christ is in both. She gave him the meat and the bread and she prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. Verse 18. He came to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I. Who art thou, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. He said, I'm Jacob. Remember, I had some lentils and Christ. I'm Christ. I'm the first. Is that okay with you? Can you forego your name? Can you let that go? Can you be nothing and just be in Him? Can you forego your titles and your positions and your knowledge and your wisdom and your understanding and your learning and your pedigrees and who you was born to and what you know and, and this sin cursed earth. Can you forego all that? Sell everything you got and give it to the poor. You don't like one thing. Jacob said to his father, I am Esau thy firstborn. I have done according as thou hast bade me. Arise, I pray thee, and sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. And Isaac said unto his son, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? How did you go get this sacrifice so fast? In a vapor. How did we get in this vapor of our life? How did we get Christ? Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. How do you know these things? It is not from your studying. It is not from your just big old intellect and you figured it out. It is not from you seeking God. And you just know something ain't right and I'm going to figure it out. No, it ain't. If you know Christ, God brought Him to you. All glory will be His. A-double-L. All. Man's nothing. And Isaac said unto Jacob, verse 21, Come near, I pray that I may feel thee, my son, for thou be my very son, Esau or not. It's going to be proven. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice. Hands are the hands of Esau. The voice is Kevin's voice. That's coming out of your mouth. Everything's Christ. Won't that be a blessed day? Can you imagine? It's your voice. It's your, God gave you that voice. And that's ever been him. Verse 23 And he discerned him not because his hands were very hairy as his brother Esau's hands, so he blessed him. And he said, Thou, thou art my very son Esau. And he said, I am. And he said, bring it near to me. I will eat of my son's venison that my soul may bless thee. And he brought it near to him and he did eat and brought him wine and he drank. 
And his father Isaac said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And he came there and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him. He smelled the sweet savor and blessed him. And said, See, the smell of my son is the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. <laughs> a field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore, here's the blessing. What, what, what did it take? You want a blessing from God? You come dressed like his son. You come with the skin of his son, the life lived, and the sacrifice of the son. You come with his bread. You come in his name. That's it. Completely. Totally. You come plumb in Christ. Totally. Totally. And the Lord bless you. you. Come declaring his name. We say we say things when we say our prayers. Well, in Christ's name, it's just repetition. Isn't it? Oh, you say that. The only hope we have to stand on and petition our holy God is the blood and person of Christ. That's it. You want blessed to God? Come to him. What's the blessing going to be? Verse 28. Here's our blessing. Those that are in Christ, robed in his righteousness. Therefore God give thee the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Corn and wine, that's necessary for life. That's what you make bread out of you got to drink it. The fatness of the earth, the fullness thereof. You see his providence throughout, his creation throughout, his sovereignty throughout. We see all those things. Why? Because of the dew of heaven. Or we read over in Deuteronomy. <coughs> so that's, what, that's what the prophet went to the rulers and said, there's going to be a famine in the land. It ain't going to rain. The former or the latter, and you ain't even going to have the dew. That's the word of God from heaven. Isn't it? What blessings will get you? You want to win the lottery? You get that $2 billion? Ha! That's a curse. <laughs> but to hide them kids. We have the Word of God. Word of God. Where's the gospel? I hope there's a whole lot of gospel in this county. I do. Where do we know it is? Where do I know the gospel is in New Jersey? I hope there's a lot of people preaching the gospel. But I know where it is. Now let me give you, let me put that shoe leather for you. If I went and sat on a park bench, I could go down here in San Diego County and spend 40 hours a week telling you all the women that are qualified to be my wife that are not. Or I could go right there. <laughs> I don't care about it. I got that one. God gave me that one, didn't it? We have the Word of God, the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth. You don't like anything? Plenty of corn and wine. Plenty of corn and wine. The bread ain't going to fail. The cruise of oil ain't going to fail. And the wine ain't going to fail. That's our blessing. We have the gospel in this life in earthen vessels. What a privilege it is. The Lord's come and told us these things. The Lord's come and told us these things. We ought to thank Him. That's a peculiar people. That ain't run of the mill. That ain't dime store salvation. That's a peculiar people, a remnant. What about the Lord? We're in Him. He's blessed too, isn't he? We're blessed in Him. Joint heirs. Look here, verse 29. Here the Father speaking to the Son. <laughs> Let the people serve thee, and the nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. All hail the king. Cursed be every one that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. Christ is Lord. He's God, we know that. He's Lord. That's the Lordship of Christ. People talk about Jesus, get bumper stickers and all that stuff. It's nonsense. This is the Lord. King Jesus, isn't it? He's blessed. We're blessed in Him. 
We have the dude we know about. <laughs> we can see him in these stories. Is that a good moral lesson to teach kids in Sunday school? This is how God saves sinners. There's more good news. You know there's more good news than that? That's good news. If you're a Jacob, you ought to be tap dancing in the streets over that one. That's good news. It gets better than that. Look down at verse 33. Esau finds out. He said, I got, this is twice this has happened. He's deceiving. He didn't deceive you first time. You sold that birthright on purpose. You didn't want it. You didn't care about the dew from heaven. You take it or leave it. You ain't going to pack up and go where there, there is dew. You don't want nothing to do with it. You despise it. But anyway, they was getting into it. Verse 33, And Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that hath taken the venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten all of all before thou camest, and have blessed him. Yea, he shall be blessed. That blessing that went upon Jacob cannot be undone. The blessing that the Lord put on his people in Christ cannot be undone. It don't matter what you do. No matter what. <laughs> you can't undo it. How do we know that? What's the context of Romans eleven twenty nine? Well, the Lord was speaking of salvation. He was speaking of his elect. And he said, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. It can't be undone. You have to believe on him to receive this blessing. You have to come to the Father solely in Him and absolutely not a molecule or nothing else. All Him. All Him. And you have to come to God and Him alone. And to do so, you have to believe in Him. What's that going, who's going to get all the glory for that? Christ is it. <laughs> to the praise of His Lord. What grace that is, isn't it? Lord gave us this. Let us see these things. Oh... That we can thank you. As he ought to be thanked, not in a sin cursed body that the death that I live in. We can Lord haste the day when our faith may be made sight and we'll see him as he is seen face to face, worshiping as he ought to be worshipped. Yeah. Let's pray to him. Heavenly Father, we come only in your Son. You've put us in him, Lord. You've spoke to our hearts your spirit or put down this flesh decrease this flesh that we're born with this old man that just wreaks havoc and there's a war going on in us Lord subdue our enemy that's ourselves and increase Christ allow us to see more of him and praise him more and truly have a heart that worships him make us that way Lord you have we see him Oh, grow us in grace. Grow us in knowledge. Grow us in understanding of the person of our salvation. Make us thankful. Make us rejoice, Lord. Make us walk through this world as people that believe you and that believe on your Son. Oh, thank you for this day. With our, be with our brothers and sisters that are suffering and the trials that you've sent. Oh, give us the, the wisdom to point them to Christ also, to tell what we've heard. Forgive us for what we are. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen. Oh, I can't have a 30-minute break. I don't have to cut into Rick's time. So we'll meet back at uh, 1030.